Hi, my name's Trinity French, and I'm one half of the coaching duo here at Wired to Change, and you're listening to the Wired to Change podcast, and we are back today with Dr. Holly Sullinger. Holly, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. I know that you are in high demand and super busy, so we really appreciate you spending some time with us. I appreciate the invitation. I love you and Mike, and listen every chance I get. Good. Well, we love when people are actually listeners to, of our show because, well, we don't do this just to hear ourselves talk, <laughs> even though <laughs> when Mike's listening and editing the show, I'm sure he's like, Trinity, stop. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That but great. we are back and you, I feel like I could talk to you for a week yeah. because of all the things that you've done and just being in the professional development realm and the passion to help people. At what point did you realize that that was a natural skill for you? It was probably back, um, believe it or not, I have five college degrees. That just means that I'm a junkie myself for education. Mm -hmm. Um, And my first degree was in computer programming. And I was um, being asked constantly. They were like, you're the only one of them back there that speaks normal words. (laughs) So I was constantly being asked to explain systems to them, to train them. It was in that same position that somebody said, hey, do you know anything about communication? Do you think you could speak to the staff on that? We're having some trouble. And it was just people, I guess, realizing that I had the ability to pull together thoughts and hopefully they, they meant what they needed to mean to people and it helped out. That's amazing. Yeah. And at what point were you able to transition? So you said that you've had your business for quite a while. Yep. At what point did you decide to jump into that and go off on your own? Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, it happened when I had my daughter. Um, I just didn't want to be in the rat race any longer, working 80 hours a week and more. And so I I had enough people that knew what I did, and I felt like I could really make it happen. So I kind of, you know, stuck my toe in the water and told a couple people I was thinking about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll use you, absolutely. And uh, I just never went back to the, the big grind after she was born. So that was when it happened. Did you have an aha moment, or was it a more slower transition? It was a slower transition for me, definitely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I thought I grew up thinking you pick a profession, you work the profession. That's just what you do. Um, and the whole idea of being an entrepreneur was not something that was in my family. Um, mm. There isn't anybody else that works for themselves. They've, they've all had regular jobs. Right. Um, and so this was something that I just kind of had to... And I explored. I'm an avid reader, so I read everything I could get my hands on. And once I felt comfortable with it, and, you know, when you're a new mom, you have that mother lion or mother bear quality, and you're like, I can do anything. You know, it's my kid's life at stake. And once I had that, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Growing up, I was always told I was bossy, which... Now I get paid good money to be bossy. As I say, you're a strong yeah. woman. That's what it is yes. now. You're a strong yes. woman. Um, they don't, I don't think they tell little girls that they're bossy anymore. Um, I was told the same, by the way. See? <laughs> and we just need to have, you know, help our children embrace those strengths. Exactly. Because it was something that now people would be like, oh, she's a natural leader. Yep. And instead of, oh, she's a bossy little thing. But when... I was growing up, I never envisioned myself. I realized looking, because I'm very, I like to look back in the past and see, well, why did that shape what it did? And I was a communication major, so. Oh, nice. Figuring out why people think the way they do and where are those thoughts coming from. I remember 
when I was younger, I never grew up thinking I never wanted a job. So that was never in my plan. I never envisioned working in an office or being in a job. I really wanted to be an author. I wanted to be sitting in a little loft in New York, drinking martinis, smoking cigarettes, pounding out the next great American novel. That was my, that was my dream and vision that, and I realize now that it was something that being entrepreneurial and creating something was always just in my DNA. I love it. Yeah. And I love helping people that have also had that, but, you know, they get stuck in a job or they start working and they think, okay, I can't get out, I of, can't it. Get out yeah. of this. Like, yeah. how do I, you said it on our last episode, how do I pivot? How do I get out of here? And I think so many of our listeners that are either in small business or thinking of starting a small business or wanting to take that next step in their career, but they're not quite sure how to do it or what that path looks like, all you have to do is start thinking about it. Yeah, and talking to people. And yes. Reaching out, finding people who've done similar things, asking what their opinion is, asking people that would be your prospective customers or clients. Is this something really, tell me honestly, is this something you really would use? You know, do you think I'm going in a correct direction? And the more you communicate about it, you're going to get great pieces of advice. You might get some crappy pieces of advice too, but it's going to help you make the decision for yourself and be able to finally do what you need to do. Yeah, because I, for, from my experience with talking um, with a lot of people, because I love to talk. Eh. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I ask a lot of questions, but most people, because I asked you if you had an aha moment or if it, and most people say, no, this is something that I was thinking about for a long time mm-hmm. and was, you know, it's kind of like making kimchi. It was just sitting there fermenting. Yep. And, and, and then at some point it started bubbling up and bubbling up and then you're like, Ooh, it's ready. Okay. Yep. And now what do I do with it now that it's ready? And then you're like, okay, I'm going to dip a toe in the water and then you're going to take that next step. And before you know it, you're in business for yourself right? and finding success in doing that business and voila, that's how the transition happens. And it's not something that's just like, I know very few people that just woke up one day and were like, I'm going to do this and yeah. it's a snap and decision. Right. Yeah. Or that did that and then actually succeeded. Right. Well, and then also, you know, um, talking to people who are in marketing, who are in sales, who are in uh, leadership of business, who are, you know, talking to all of those people and pulling together the information. That's a, a really good way to do it as well. Expanding your network, mm-hmm. finding out what's out there. Um, I, I know that my my big I'm ready was I had this little baby daughter at home and I didn't want to work any more than I, and it's the funny thing is the minute I started on my own, I was already making more money than I had been uh, because I had talked it up and I had a client base and people knew what I was doing. And um, that was awesome. Um, and the other thing, too, finding people in different professions and talking to them about what they do. One of the best things I'm able to do is I go into m- so many different types of businesses and companies, and I meet so many different types of people, and they share with me what they do and what their, uh, you know, what their hardships are and what their successes are, and that makes me better informed when I go to the next group. Absolutely. So even if you're, you know, selling widgets and that's your life, you need to find out what other people are doing in other industries because you never know when somebody might need a widget. Or you never know when you might find something that they're doing in that industry that's transferable that you can 
move into your business. Make a better widget. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I wish that I could come up with a great widget. That is definitely on my bucket list <laughs> at some point. Or at least an app that we could sell oh to YouTube gosh. for like $6 million. I am yeah. the queen of coming up with a fantastic idea. It's usually when I've had a couple glasses of wine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I go and Google it and realize, yeah, this idea is so great. Someone else already monopolized on it. And I'm like, Damn it. Why can't why couldn't that be me? Where why wasn't that me 10 years ago coming up with it. this fantastic idea? I love it. Um so when you're working with within companies, um, let's talk a little bit about like leadership development because that is one of my passions. I am a leadership development junkie um when it comes to reading books and personality profiles and yep. why I loved recruiting because it combined the mix of asking the right questions to figure out if somebody was the right fit for a role or not. Right. And it was also figuring out how they would work and play well with others. Yep. And, and there was a lot of leadership involved because you also have to sell the company and make them want to come be with you as well. So I loved it. I thought recruiting was it was stressful, but it was a lot of fun. You learned a lot from it. And and I learned a yeah. ton. I yeah. learned a ton about people, and that's for the good and the bad. It is. Yeah. So what would you say for somebody who is wanting to continue their professional growth, um, what are a couple of the first steps that they should take? That's, that's, that's such a great question. I think you hit a couple of those topics as you were speaking. Um, you, you really need to learn to read personalities and styles and learn to bridge, build a bridge between yourself and people who are not like you. Um, leaders have to be able to work with everybody and they have to be able to see past rough edges and mm-hmm. look for the pure talent and kick that into play. Um, and that, that comes with, I think, probably a few years of experience and some studying um, and, you, you know, there's like how many different personality tests are out there? Five million? I don't right. know. You yeah. Know? There's a bunch of them. Um, whenever I teach it, I go back to the very first one, which is the one Hippocrates came up with. Hippocrates, the father of the ancient Greeks. Yeah. So um, he came up with the four different styles and they sound like diseases, um, but they're choleric, sanguine, melancholic and phlegmatic. They do sound like diseases. (laughs) Phlegmatic. I'm like, and that's what it is. They're humors of the body. So they believe that if you had more humor of one type than another, that's what made you have that personality. Interesting. Something. Yeah. But he was the very first person that observed people as they interacted and behaved differently with each other and actually classified four different groupings. And of course, he was the first one to say there's nobody who's purely one or the next. You usually have a stronger one, and then you have some blends supporting, of supporting, sure, exactly yep. secondary sources, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but I find that it, the reason I go back to that one is because you know everybody knows what their Myers Briggs is, but they can't remember what it means. Right? Like, what is the N again? You know, you know, it's like, and then we've got DISC, which is very close to the one that Hippocrates came up with. But by going back to that and, and putting those disease names aside, we just basically say you know, you're going to have people who are either more happily extroverted or introverted. They're going to be con- more uh, in tune to work or more in tune to play. And when you can get those pulled together right and work with people the way that they prefer to be dealt with and, and listen to and hear things, you know, then you're going to be a more effective leader. Awesome. Okay, so which one are you? 
I am a choleric with sanguine tendencies, and you're a sanguine with choleric tendencies. Oh, what does that mean? Teach <laughs> <laughs> me. What tell. is this? What is this? <laughs> so on the extra, there's two that are extroverted, and those are sanguine and choleric. Okay. There's two that are introverted, and that's melancholic and phlegmatic. Um, the person who is more point, 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 point work more than anything else. I've got to get, no, I can't come out to dinner yet. I've got to get this done. Okay, that's a choleric. Okay. The person who says, I'll get, the, I'll take care of that later. Uh, let's go do that now. You know, right. let's go play now. That's a sanguine. Okay. And then, so I see you as having both of those. Um, but I see you as, you're, you're just a bubble. You're so effervescent and you're so much fun. I'm guessing that that's your, you like to have fun in life. I love having see, fun. See, there you go. That's Life it. is way too short not to. I agree with that. I agree yes. with that. But then you and I can be very intimidating to introverts at times. You know, now I have a lot of my good friends are introverts, but extroverts are known as being pointers. You know, we point sometimes, we go over there, you mm-hmm. know, you talk about being bossy. Yeah. Um, and, but introverts oftentimes need to have a softer hand. And when you're a leader, you learn that. You learn not to be gruff and be short. Oh, you know, you've got yeah. to explain more. I was a horrible leader and a horrible boss for many years. And I had to do a lot of work because I was bossy. I was kind of a little bitchy. Yep. And um, I didn't find out until much later in life that um, I was actually diagnosed by my um, primary care physician, who is a holistic doctor. Oh, neat. So she's very anti-medication and anti, which is why I love her. Yeah. Because I would love her too. I will get her name from you afterwards. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and she was like, "You need to go um, to." Um, see somebody because she's like, I think that you have really bad ADHD. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm an overachiever. Like I'm, you know, and she was like, and I thought it meant, I thought it meant like that I was, I don't know, because it just had such a bad connotation growing up. It's a stigma. And yeah. And she was like, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. She's like, you're just to the point in your life where you've put up all of these You've been using these tools to get over it or to work around it. And now you're at the point where you no longer, like you need another tool that you can't come up with on your own. Right. And I was like, okay, that I can digest and that I can get behind because I love tools and figuring out ways to do things better. And I was like, perfect. So it's really interesting that you say that because I just feel like, but that makes learned. total sense. Yeah. 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 So uh, one of the other things I was, um, I really believe in the idea of servant leadership. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're the one who takes the blame and you're the one who also puts the team out in front when it's time to celebrate. You know? Right. Um, but one of the things that I, I mentioned this um, the other day to a friend and they just thought it was so fantastic. Um, but I, I coach my leaders to think of two things when they wake up every morning, two things. And one is what you did. One of the things you should think of before you even get out of bed, is what is one thing I can do to become a better person today? So you looked at yourself and you said, I don't like, you know, being too bossy or talking, you know. And I found out that the ADHD is what was because I have a very high level of being able to take information and understand it quickly. Uh It frustrated me when other people couldn't. Yes. And that came across very bad. And and it took a long time for me to figure out, okay, how to communicate with people in such a way that I didn't get frustrated with them or snap at them or 
and to understand that um, I've done when I was working with, when I first started coaching salespeople, oh my goodness, it drove me crazy. I was like, why aren't you just going out there and doing your work? And you have the ability, why don't you just go do it? And it was driving me absolutely crazy. And then um, one of my really great managers, bosses along the way, explained to me about a book that he'd read where they described that, you know, people are only able to get to a level of leadership or expertise based on how far they can think ahead in life. Yep. And they were like, you're a think aheader. They're like, how, he's like, how, how far ahead are you thinking in life? And I was like, well, since I was little, I was thinking about what I was going to do when I was 40 or 50 or, you know, in business, I'm thinking, okay, what's happening in 10 years? And He's That's like, right. yeah. He's like, and some people are completely content with only thinking about what's happening next week. Right or right now. Yeah. yeah. And and he was like, and we need those people. Yeah. They're just as important. That's right. As the people. And I was like, That's the big oh thing. my when gosh. You and I, then I was like, I am just kind of a jackass. And once, then I was like, okay, now that I know that this is just two different types of people. Okay. Now how do I talk to them in such yes. a way that I can get the results that I want from them, knowing that they're never going to strive to be, you know, the top salesperson because that's just not in their nature, but they'll be here for years, but they'll, and be, they'll be for years along. and they'll be, yeah. yes. And they'll be consistent and strong and they'll never get annoyed at doing the same job over and over and over. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was like a Eureka moment. Well, and, and I love that you said that because that's the biggest thing when you talk about different personalities and styles one of the hardest things for me to get people to come to a realization of in a seminar is that there is no right one. They're right. all right. Yeah. And a perfectly balanced team has a blend of all of them on it because then you have a much better shot at creativity and innovation and, you know, different people add different things to the pot, if you will. So the first thing is what can you do, um, you know, to better yourself each day? And the second thing is what can I do to help at least one person today? Because if you're a servant leader, if you start thinking outward more than you're thinking inward, you're going to have an easier time in life. That's fantastic. You know, during during COVID, it's real that. easy. The first the first week, I was like everybody else, and I was sitting glued to the TV, thinking we're all dying. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And and then I and then I picked myself up because I am a positive, optimistic person, and said, "Wait a minute, who can I reach out to today and help?" And the more I did that every day, the better I felt. So when I, when I find that I'm getting too intense about what's going on in my life, I look for somebody that I can help or somebody that I can focus on and, and reach out to and just check on. That's a really, I mean, um, I'm sitting here going, why don't I do that every day? <laughs> It's, it's, the funny thing is it's easy to do. Like it's, sometimes it's just as easy, uh, quickly as going out on LinkedIn, for example, and doing a LinkedIn message to somebody, you know, hey, I just saw your business post yesterday. You've been doing, doing a lot of work. Are you doing okay as a person? You know, and it's amazing the kinds of relationships that occur when you start doing that. People realize, oh, they do care. They care. Somebody They cares. really care. Yeah. Yeah. And you're putting into practice probably things that other people are normally just thinking. Yeah. Because I might be thinking about somebody and being like, man, I wonder how they're doing today. Or I wonder how they're doing surviving with their new baby. Or wonder. But then a lot of times I feel like I don't want to bother somebody. Yeah. Or you just, or if you're like me, you flip from person to person to person in your brain and, and you, you start just your forget. day. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So I've, I've made it a, like a goal for myself every day to think, okay, this is what I'm going to do for myself today to be a better person. And this is the person I'm going to reach out to today. 
And it's just real simple. Just those two little thoughts. And then I get out of bed and start my day and I do what I say. I think I'm it's do. great that you're intentional about that because otherwise that, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> we were sitting here and I was like, oh, here's the list of all of my expenses that I was supposed to give my accountant. Um, <laughs> it's easy to do. On the, on the list of things that are important versus urgent, and I still have another month for that to become See, there urgent. you go. The priority level has not yes, gotten there. Yes, it has not gotten there and yet. Then, and then we have personalities that, that would have done that three months ago. Oh, right. Right. And it would have been meticulous and done. And yeah, so we need everybody. We do. We need need everybody around us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because one of the professional development seminars slash leadership seminars I've been doing a lot lately is called how to build your own internal board of directors. And um, I totally stole the idea. I got it from a, a, she was one of the first female leaders at NC State. And I got a chance to interview her after she retired. And um, I said, you've, sat here and told me about so many uh, horrible experiences that you had and so many difficulties that you had to overcome. How in the world did you do it and get to the position that you're in right now? And she said, another very proper Southern woman, why Holly, I owe it all to my internal board of directors. You know, this is her. And I said, you're what? (laughs) You you hired a board of, and she said, no, no, there there was no hiring of. She said she intentionally throughout her life would seat people mentally at her board of directors. So if she was having a hard time with budgeting, she'd think, oh, but I know Bob, and he's really good at, at budgeting, so I'm going to just remember that when I have a question, I'm going to reach out to Bob. Oh. I know that Sam is really good with sales and marketing. I don't feel comfortable with that. So when I have a question about sales and marketing, I'm going to reach out with Sam. Um, Velma over here, she's had to deal with a lot of the politics at the university. So I'm going to put her in this seat on my board of directors, and I'm going to go to her when I have questions about the politics that are going on around here. And she said every January 1st, she would reassemble a board of directors in her mind. Sometimes she told people that they were on her board of directors. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they were just there. They were just. And she said, Holly, some of them, when they, I fired them, they never moved. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's. Isn't that great? Oh, my gosh. But if you think about it, so the president of the United States has a cabinet. Uh-huh. You know, any major person at charge of any corporation has a group of board right. members around them. Why, why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't any small business owner? Have an internal yeah. board of directors. I know, and I know who would be the president of my board of directors, and it's my mom. There you go. She's, yeah, she's there the first go. person I call or think about when I have a problem. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's because she is one of the few people that I know that will be 100% honest with you. And We need those people. And I love that about her. We need people who are accountability partners. We need people who play devil's advocate with us and say, mm-hmm. why are you thinking about doing that? Yep. Um, we need people who are sponsors, mentors, promoters, who get us out there, who introduce us to connectors. Connectors, connectors. yeah. So they're, they're literally, when I do that seminar, I have 12 different board seats that you should think about filling. I want to come to that seminar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you come next time I okay, do good. it. <laughs> it's, all, it's all kinds of fun. It really is. And several of the small business um, owners that I've done work with and workshops um, in, the, um, in that particular area have kicked it into play and love it. Are still working with it them. makes total sense and it, it makes, makes total difference total sense mm-hmm. yeah. I, i'm sitting here like who's gonna be on my board of directors and yeah. who what seats would i need and yeah. um as a small business owner one of the things that a lot of our clients struggle with is that they're at the top yeah and i think that that would help with that loneliness that happens when you yeah 
are when you have all of these employees and all these people pulling at you and wanting your attention and they're all coming to you for answers, but you're the one that, who do you go to for answers? And, and, you know, I hear people say, it's okay, Holly, I have my tribe. I'm like, no, 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 this is not the tribe. The tribe is the friends and the supporters. Mm -hmm. This is an intentionally selected group of people who are very different in the skills and abilities that they have. They're very different from yours. They're people who are, who exist to help you balance out, Mm -hmm. to help give you guidance and advice and support, and sometimes challenges that you wouldn't have from the support network Mm -hmm. that you have as your tribe. Right. Because my tribe's going to cheer me on no matter what. No matter what. And you think this is a good idea? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. That's it. That's it. But it's it's also good to have the person go. Well, why do you think it's a good idea? What, you know, what facts do you have that show you that it's a good idea? What research have you done that lets you know this is a good idea? I mean, it's it's really it's it's funny because we've been looking at um, race, racial issues, race relations, racial um, you know complexities in our country, and we've been talking the word diversity left and right and left and right. Diversity does have to do with how we look, but it's also our skills and our talents and our abilities. We need to have a diverse group of people around us that make us stronger. Um, I know that I can do a lot. I know you can do a lot, but there are some things we couldn't do as well as if we had people around us mm-hmm. that could do it even better. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the whole idea behind an internal board of directors. And, and if you... If you intentionally think it through, this is what areas am I weaker in? What areas do I need to strengthen? What areas do I not enjoy performing? Mm -hmm. And those become some of your board members. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that idea. And now I'm like going to girl crush on you (laughs) until I get to come see this presentation. (laughs) Anytime. Uh, In addition to, and what did you call the four, the four thingies, the flummy thing? The flummy thing. Yeah, what's the flummy thing? (laughs) The two extroverts are choleric and sanguine. Okay. And then the two introverts are melancholic and phlegmatic. And the four of those are called? That's the Hippocrates personality styles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, are there any other personality profiles that you really relate to or that you use within your practice? I like them all. Um, Again, I always go fall back on that one. I love DISC. I have quite a few friends that are are, um, DISC trained and Mm -hmm. DISC coaches, and um, and I really like the DISC program. It's funny. I think Myers-Briggs has kind of fallen back now to being used in high schools and colleges, and that's about it. And we moved on, and I know locally – um, the Tilt 360 people, they have a program that I think is really interesting. Oh, I have not heard of that one. They're great. They've been at a lot of, tr- well, they were at a lot of trade shows when we were having trade shows. It's kind of even broader, bigger than Myers-Briggs. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, you might check into that. that you can Tilt, Google 360. It. Tilt 360. Tilt 360, okay. yeah. What do you think about StrengthsFinder? I love StrengthsFinder. It's great also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of professional development and leadership training for NASCAR a few years back. Um, and they all had done strength. That's finder. why you and Mike get along. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Although we've never discussed it, but we, it's probably that little intuitive. Uh-huh. Thing. Yeah. 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 It's funny because when I moved here from the West coast many years ago, um, I remember one of the first jobs I had, somebody said, who's your driver? And I was like, me? I don't yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I finally was like, what do you mean who's my driver? I drive myself. And they were like, no, you're no NASCAR. And I was like, what's a NASCAR? Seriously. Being from yeah, the West I, Coast. I would be yeah. like, Dale Earnhardt? That's yeah, the yeah, only that's NASCAR name, name I know. <laughs> I don't even know if he's still alive. <laughs> but I've actually, you know, been in their places now and done training for their... And, and the interesting thing about NASCAR, the individual organizations, is that they are so much more 
highly skilled and professional than you would ever think. They've got engineers working for them that are just rocket scientists to make their cars do what they want them to do. I mean, it's just, they're amazing, those organizations. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. It's, you know, I've, I've been in so many different situations and it's just a blast every day. My day is different. Even now that I'm doing all my training virtual mm-hmm. uh, from a virtual perspective, um, everybody's different. Um, when I get a group of people, I'll have some groups, they all leave their video cameras on, they're all full out, they're having a great time, you know, and then I have some groups where it's just the name, you know, block, 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 block. Oh, you know? that yeah. drives, that drives Mike and I crazy. Me too, because it's hard to tell what the reaction is. Yeah, you can't and see. I, yeah. I'm a face-to-face person, Me I'm too. a body language person, yep. I think that you can tell a lot more from expression and tone than you ever can people's words. Yep. So you can. It drives me nuts In when fact, people have their stuff. The percentage off. of of any form of conversation, of any form of communication, only seven percent of it is verbal. The rest of the message, ninety three percent, you get from the nonverbal. So the body language and the tone of voice. <sighs> I did not know those it's percentages. That big, but I'm writing that down. That's right. <laughs> writing that is down. Words. That's yeah. It. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yep, and 55% is body language and 38% is tone of voice, if you want to break down the other Yep, 93%. I do. Yeah. 55% is body language. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are not here in the studio with us, I am taking notes. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Holly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because I, an, I know I'm that I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this oh. at some point. But that's your. So that's what you're absolutely correct. It is absolutely mandatory that you're able to get some kind of feedback. And that's why when we, oh my gosh, even before COVID, how many times have we ticked somebody off with a text message or an email, and we didn't mean any offense oh, at all, right? right? But they can't see the smart alecky look in our eyes mm-hmm. or the the wink or that you know they can't tell that we're being sarcastic or fun right. or you and know. you don't know what mood so. Right, when, what the receiver is. Right. Yeah. So when I am coaching or training anybody, I'm like, okay, if you have anything that could possibly be mis- misconstrued, you don't send it via text or email because you never know what mood the receiver is in when they read that. Amen. And they're going to read it in their mood. Amen. So if they're already feeling kind of pissy about something, it's going to piss them off. Yeah. If they were already feeling sad about something, it's going to make them more sad. And yep. so that's why picking up the phone, getting voice to voice at least, or if, you know, you're not comfortable being face to face, then at I least voice to voice. I tell you how many times, uh, you know, if I'm on Zoom doing a Zoom training and I have those black boxes, I'll say, okay, are y'all with me? Give me a thumbs up. You know, you can do those little reactions yeah. on Zoom. But I'm looking desperately for feedback. For which feedback. Is what yeah. Yes. And so the important. lack of feedback just... Like, I'd say that's one of my biggest pet peeves that has happened during this Zoom culture. Yeah. Which my husband will kill me for saying Zoom because he works for LogMeIn and we are a go-to meeting family. So, ladies and gentlemen, go-to meeting. When I'm on my go-to meetings, which is what I use, (laughs) so he doesn't castrate me, (laughs) is that when people are not either, either they have it completely blacked out or I can tell that they're doing five other things except paying attention. Right. Because I'm like, how rude. That would be like me sitting in a meeting with you, doing a one-to-one, and I'm sitting here on my phone texting texting somebody else. else. Like, come on, people. Grow up. Put on your big girl pants and stop being rude to people. 
So one of the companies that I work for, and it's a big name. If I said it, you'd totally get it, and I won't because I like working for them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> one of those companies now, they, they, the employees told me, have it set up so that if you click on anything other than the teleconferencing window, uh, it records that you're doing other things rather than paying attention to the teleconferencing. Yeah, um, GoToMeeting like, and GoToWebinar wow. does that. It shows if you are not paying attention. Yep. And I think that's great because you should be, should be paying, paying attention. attention. <laughs> or don't get on the call. Right. <laughs> so what other, so what's your, this is for me personally. So now I'm like, whatever, listeners, you guys can just benefit from me asking questions <laughs> that I actually want to know the answer to. Um, what is your favorite personal development book? Okay, so I have a new one. Ooh, I have a new one, and and I don't know that it's a new book. I need to flip my paper me. over and take more notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I like Timothy Ferris's "A Tribe of Mentors." Timothy Ferris, F E R R I S, "A Tribe of Mentors," and what he did is the book is the size of a you know a small child could use it as a booster seat. It's <laughs> it's it's a big book. Okay, and but what he's done is he's reached out to all different kinds of leaders and experts and professionals at, at the top of their game and said, here's some questions. Answer the ones that you think I would, that our readers would benefit from. And he's compiled all of that into this big, thick book. So every four to eight pages, you, you have a, a leader's perspective on what made them successful, what advice they'd have for somebody else, Ooh. and then you move on to the next leader. And so I have it sitting by where I eat breakfast, and every day I read two. And, and I just, I force myself to stop. I want to keep going, but I'm like, no, stop, because then I want to think about them. Mm -hmm. I want to think about it during the day, and I want to say, okay, well, this is a great idea here. Or this is, why don't I try doing this, you know? I mean, he's even got, um, there were two wrestling champions in there, and they talk about what made them successful at being wrestling. And you're like, you're like a wrestling champion. Why is he interviewing them? But it, people from all walks of life have found different ways to succeed, Right. And, and you can look at what helped a wrestler become successful and go, wait a minute, I can apply that to business. Yeah. So that's my if new... If it's the focus, if it's the whatever it is that helped them get to that point. Yep. And one of them, again, a true, almost like what we were talking about earlier, um, started out life as a very, very slim, thin, he called himself a weakling-looking nobody. And he just decided he didn't like being picked on. So he started weightlifting and training and... Before you know it, he's there a wrestling he champion. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just very, you know, um, and, and all different kinds of people. He's got like, um, you know, people from the tops of just regular general business. And then he's got entertainment uh, moguls and everybody in between. So I, I can't wait that. to read it. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> well, thank you. And I think the Amazon driver got a hernia when they dropped it on my front porch. But, you know, other than that. <laughs> It's a it big will book. it will be very difficult for me not to to want to digest it all in yeah. one sitting because yeah. when I find a good book I just want to well and I don't keep know about, reading I love quotes and it's yes. full of quotes so he'll have like three or four <sighs> leaders and then he'll have a whole page of his favorite quotes oh. and then have three or four leaders and, and sometimes I just read the quotes and go okay I'm done for the day that's great I just need to think about these <laughs> that is awesome yeah it's a great book well. I've learned so much from you, and I'm super excited to order this book. And for those of you that missed it, it mm -hmm. is called A Tribe of Mentors Yes, by Timothy Ferris. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> so when you're working within um, with professionals, mm -hmm. and so I have a client right now who um, is in the middle of a career transition, 
Yes. And she actually asked me today um, what tools or things that she should be doing to, you know, beef up on her skills or hone in on her skills. And I know what I would tell her, but what would you tell someone going through transition? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I actually ran career transition forum for, you know, a while. You did. Yep. And um, I have worked with people who who have been in transition my entire life, I think off and on just because of what I do. Um, I would first do a little bit of research and find out what skills prospective employers might want in the, the areas that I'm targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, tech, technical skills you can always beef up on. But you also should beef up on interpersonal skills, and which I think is probably one of the things you tell them. So you need to be able to be a really good communicator so that when you are interviewing, when you are um, doing meet and greets to try to figure out where to go and what to do, you're able to be effective. Um, you need to uh, beef up on your networking skills. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I have people, oh, but it's COVID. No, 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 no. I, believe it or not, even though I'm a face-to-face person, I like virtual networking events better. It took me a while to get to that point. Really? Really, because... All right, you're going to have to unpack this for me I, because... I'm going to. So think about it. If, if you go into a... Like, networking events are usually restaurants, bars, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. You go in, it's loud to begin with. There's the clamor of the silverware, the food, the wait staff, the bartender, whatever, clinking of glasses. There's other conversations going on all around you. Sometimes it's hard to even see who the networkers are and who they're not. And then you're you're picking your way through the crowd trying to meet people. When you, I, I've been in these amazing virtual networking groups where you start out as a big group and then they split you into rooms. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck there. And I love it when it's random because I might be in there with, you know, Bob from Bob's Towing or, you know, and you have to speak for a while and get to know those people. And then you're moved to another room. And to me, it's much easier to focus on the person who's speaking without that extraneous external noise Mm -hmm. and without worrying about the I'm looking for I need another drink. You know, yeah. (laughs) So it's just much more focused. And so I've found that I've been much more successful virtually than in person. And I'm an extrovert, which, so that's weird for me to say. I just love that I can do it. I call it pantsless networking. Yes. I can sit there in my, you know, professional on the top and party on the bottom and just <laughs> totally, yes. I have one group that every time I ask me, okay, Holly, what do you have down there? You know, <laughs> sometimes it's legging, sometimes it's short, yep. sometimes it's workout, but you know, who knows? But it's, it's I'm like, you'll never know. <laughs> Plus it's so nice not to drive anywhere. Right. From a time standpoint, I can st- I, I've always been a big stacker. Like yes. I've always, Monday were my uh, networking stacking days. So I would go to the Caribou Coffee in Briar Creek here in North Carolina. And I would have four or five appointments back to back to back. Boom, yep. boom, boom. I don't have to move. I introduced the person coming in to the person leaving. And it was just a nice little system. I love it. And I can do that now with Zoom with or, Zoom or go, to, go to go meeting. to meeting. Yeah. And I find that it's just, it's even better because now I don't have to sit there and be completely overly caffeinated, even though I usually am. But I think the downsides of networking and just if you are stuck in a room with people, yes, the uh. great thing about being in person is that I can always get out of it and escape. Right. And it's a little bit more obvious if I'm just like, bye, end meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<gasps> oh, I oops. I, I, I feel like my internet connection's going bad. Yeah. You can't be like back of the day like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the, li- the line is going, oh, look, at it. it's a little blurry. I think we're losing you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. I, you know, you asked me about um, somebody in transition. The other thing I always, and of course, I do all of the Microsoft Office products. So if somebody says, you know, I'm a project manager, well, learn Excel and learn Microsoft Project. You know, I'll, I'll tell them those things. But one of the other big things I tell people in transition is to learn to do time boxing. Um, the worst thing you can do when you're in transition is start getting up late mm-hmm. and watching three, you know, in a row, Oprah, Ellen's, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Uh, and then finally saying I should do something today. So if you time box, it's basically pre-filling your calendar. This is what I'm intentionally going to do each day and then forcing yourself to do it. Um, it might be reading a book. I mean, when you're in transition, why not read up on people who are current in your field or, you know, read a book that would help you. That would help you with personal, professional yeah. development. Absolutely. Uh, meet a new person. Do a virtual networking mm-hmm. event. Uh, find another uh, transition group that can help me out. Um, call somebody in my field and ask them questions. Just do an exploratory interview. You know, I mean, you can, you can. There's a lot that you can do. And the more that when I see people doing that, they, they get out of their transitional period much more quickly. Yeah. Cause activity breeds results. Absolutely. And if you're doing activities, you're going to bump into the right person. You're going to trip over the right opportunity. And if you're not doing anything, those opportunities have no way to land in your lap. And you also need to tell everybody you meet. The cashier, everybody, you, you never know when somebody's going to go, wait a minute, my so-and-so needs somebody just like you or whatever. You yep. know? I love the quote, the harder you work, the luckier you get. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's my true. favorite because it's so true. When you start doing things, no matter what it is, if you start just getting yourself in motion, things start happening. It's like the energy swirls around it you. It is. People. I call the good juju just the starts pumping. Yep. <laughs> I use that term too. That's awesome. <laughs> well, That's again, if um, people want to find you, Holly, yes. where can they find you at? Well, my website is drhollyspeaks.com and I'm also at drhollyspeaks at gmail.com from an email perspective. Excellent. And you are available for public speaking engagements. Yes. And training. And training. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I even have some open enrollment things on Eventbrite from time to time. I'll put classes out. I've had so many people say, I want to do it. My company would never pay for me, you know. So I've got stuff out on Eventbrite, Dr. Holly Speaks. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go check you out and stalk you and see what things I can sign up for because I'm a learning junkie. So Me too. That would be a whole lot of fun. We'd have a blast. (laughs) And, of course, to our darling listeners, we love you so much. We would love for you to please share, share, share us with the people that you care about. If you know a business owner, if you know somebody who's thinking about getting into business, if you know a salesperson, if you know somebody who has been thinking about coaching but they just don't know if they are in for it, share this podcast with them. We would absolutely appreciate it. Email us. Let us know that you did it. Info at wired2change.com with the number two. And we would be forever grateful to you. And we will talk to you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.